1: Good afternoon and welcome. Some are calling it the Tuesday Night Massacre, while others believe that it was inevitable. Both former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould and former Indigenous Services Minister Jane Philpott were booted out of the Liberal caucus yesterday. In the lead-up, we heard from many Liberal members who complained that both women were not team players. They saw nothing that would make them team players going forward, and that their actions damaged the party. The Prime Minister cited a breach of trust. So, is this the end of the saga? I would like to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, the opposition is in a lather. Quoting From a statement sent out by the Conservative Party, they, the Liberals, have chosen to condemn colleagues who spoke truth to power and to prop up a Prime Minister who is drowning in scandal. The message they, the Liberals, have sent is clear. If you tell the truth, there is no room for you in the Liberal Party of Canada. So... Is that the truth or is that a little bit over the top? Right now, let's go to Pierre Polievre, MP for Carleton, former minister and the conservative shadow minister of finance. Hi, Pierre. Thanks for joining us.
2: Good to be with you.
1: So, Pierre, one of the things that a lot of people are pointing out, this whole thing went on for nearly two months. Uh, if it was under Stephen Harper's watch in your party, it would have been shut down a long time time ago. Is that a fair comment?
2: Well, Stephen Harper never would have pressured an attorney general to shelve criminal charges into a powerful corporation accused of fraud and bribery. So I think you can say that none of this would have happened if he were prime minister today.
1: Well, uh, I mean, things happen in government. So but uh, but again, this hasn't
2: happened before, though, I can I can say I stood up in the House of Commons twice uh, over the last couple of days, and I point I, I spun in a 360 circle and invited any member of the House to heckle out the name of a previous prime minister who had interfered in a criminal prosecution. And there wasn't a single MP in the House from any party, including the Liberal majority, who could think of a single example. So, no, this doesn't happen. This is not normal. It's extremely bizarre, and that's probably why the prime minister, two of the prime minister's most senior and respected cabinet ministers felt they had to blow the whistle on him.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, could you see a scenario where they could have continued to be part of the Liberal Caucus?
2: Yes, if the party had decided that it uh, truth tellers are allowed and uh, liars are not, then they would be in and Trudeau would be out.
1: Well, yeah, if they got rid of their leader. But what about this, you know... Uh, Caucus is supposed to be confidential. Cabinet is certainly supposed to be confidential. So what about, I mean, the the partisanship aside, isn't it a, a fair statement to, to say that if they're not part of the team, if they're not on board with it, if they're publicly saying that they don't have confidence in the prime minister, doesn't that mean that they should be out?
2: He should be out. He's the one that David Evans shows interfered in the criminal prosecution of a liberal-linked corporation accused of fraud and bribery. Not them. Uh, Jody Jody Wilson-Raybould did an act of loyalty by trying to protect the prime minister from his own uh, reckless um, dishonesty when she said to him, stop, in the name of God, stop this four-month-long campaign involving 20 points of contact by you and your staff to try and get me to overturn Canada's top prosecutor and shelve criminal charges uh, into SNC-Lavalin's alleged fraud and corruption. If he had listened to her, he wouldn't be in this mess today. In other words, her efforts were efforts of loyalty, not the opposite.
1: What about a lot of people were saying that the last straw was the taping of the conversation and airing of the conversation with Michael Wernick, that it was inappropriate, which she herself acknowledged, and that again, that was a matter of trust.
2: Not quite. She said it would be otherwise
1: Inappropriate. inappropriate. Yes, you're right.
2: Otherwise inappropriate. And that's an important adverb because she is absolutely right. It would otherwise be inappropriate to tape record a colleague. You're supposed to be able to talk freely and openly when you're working with a well-meaning, well-intentioned colleague on the other end of the conversation. But this conversation happened after a relentless four-month campaign that involved, and I'm quoting now, hounding, bullying, interference, inappropriate pressure, and more, by the Prime Minister, his top staff, and his most senior bureaucrat. She had documented all of those inappropriate uh, exchanges, and she wanted to make sure that she would have proof in case Team Trudeau would later lie and deny what happened. And good thing she did have that proof, because that's exactly what they did.
1: Well, that might be exactly what uh, sealed the deal on her losing her career as a a liberal. Uh,
2: Doesn't sound like that because they kicked out Jane Philpott. She didn't record anybody.
1: Right. They were annoyed with her for giving that interview to McLean's, among other things. Uh, you know, obviously the the deal here is that they want to shut this thing down, turn the page. Uh, what else do you think there is to come?
2: Hopefully the truth. So far, Trudeau has been doing everything in his power to keep it covered up. He shut down the Justice Committee, shut down the Ethics Committee, and prevented uh, Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould for completing their story by limiting what they can say about what went on but what, in what, conversations with him.
1: What, what more so, well, is there possibly? They've uh, cited chapter and verse of, of the times they said there was, uh, in their opinion, inappropriate pressure. Other people have said, well, we think this was appropriate. What more could there be?
2: Well, we don't know. We, we, here's what we do know about the cabinet shuffle. Before the cabinet shuffle, the attorney general... Had made a firm and final decision not to interfere and shelve the criminal charges into SNC Lavalan. So the answer was no. After the cabinet shuffle, we have an attorney general who is open, who says he's open to interfering and shelving the charges against SNC Lavalan. So the answer is maybe. So by shuffling his cabinet, Trudeau has, has, has been able to change the position of the Office of the Attorney General with respect to a special deal for SNC-Lavalin from no to maybe. We want to know if that was his intention. It certainly was the result. We also want to know if that's the plan. Are the, are the liberals going to hand SNC-Lavalin a get-out-of-jail-free card with a special deal? in the days following the next election, should they get back in, God forbid. Oh. They should be honest with Canadians about that before we vote, rather than keeping it under wraps so the Canadians vote for them, not knowing that this kind of lawlessness is, is forthcoming.
1: It would, it would be very politically difficult, I would think, for them to do that, and I don't know that they can hold off that long. Ooh, they, haven't,
2: they have not ruled it out. and They have yes, not, they that's can, true. And they can hold off that long. Because they have specifically said that such a deal could be offered right up to the moment where, when a verdict is rendered or a plea is entered. And that could be years. So we very well could see a situation where Trudeau gets reelected on October 22nd and on say November the 1st, all of a sudden we have a special deal for SNC Lablin. Don't forget that one of Trudeau's first acts as prime minister was to grant S C lavalin a different special deal. The company had been banned from bidding on federal contracts due to the charges of fraud and bribery it faced uh, in Canada. And Trudeau's government, on December the 8th, barely a month after he was sworn in as prime minister, granted the company an exemption to that bidding ban. In other words, he seems very obsessed with helping this particular company, for reasons unknown to any of us. So don't be surprised if you vote for this guy and two or three weeks after the election, snc Lavalan gets off scot-free for this, the alleged fraud of $100 million from the Libyan people.
1: Okay, so you are in the midst of this uh, marathon speech, marathon debate that's already gone on for two days. Right. How are you? Your voice sounds like it's holding up fine. How many hours a day are you talking?
2: Well, today it's a shorter day. I think it's about three hours today, but tomorrow it will be six hours. Uh huh. So um, my plan is to just keep on going until the Prime Minister sends someone to the House of Commons and confirms that he will allow the Ethics Committee to open its investigation and hear from all the witnesses involved in the scandal.
1: Okay, well, uh, we wait to see what happens next. Pierre Paulyever, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Bye-bye. Okay. And uh, before we get to your calls, and we will get to your calls, I'd like to bring in Bob Richardson. He is a liberal strategist and senior counsel to National Public Relations. Hey, Bob. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? I am good. Okay so uh, what did you think about yesterday's events Well
3: it was a tough day for uh, for the liberal government and for the liberal party it's sad when you uh, when you lose members and and both of them I think were were uh, were, were good folks that being said um, you cannot allow a circus like this just to go on and on and on and on it had been over 8 weeks there is clearly a difference of opinion on uh, on uh, on the views on this issue uh but it, but there was a continued attempt to damage the government week in week out by particularly one of those two members. And uh, I think at some point or other, you have to say enough. And if anything, liberals I talk to from coast to coast uh, are supportive of, uh, of 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 the action that the prime minister took uh, yesterday. If there are criticisms, it's that he didn't do it uh, 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 soon enough. Yeah, and they, that this of, has dragged on for a very long period of time.
1: A lot of people uh, were saying that he looked pretty weak letting it going on. I well, wouldn't use the other W word, but... Yeah. To-
3: yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you it was uh, it went on far far too long. No other party would allow this sort of conduct to go on and with and keep their members in. Uh, the Liberal Party shouldn't either, and uh, I think he acted in an appropriate fashion.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's hard to imagine what uh, the two. Minis- former ministers were thinking that they could keep going with this. Some people are saying, well, maybe they're both remarkably naive, both very talented women. Uh, and so in the case of Jody Wilson-Raybould, the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back appears to be the recording of the conversation with Michael Wernick. Yeah. And for Jane Philpott, that interview with McLeans. I mean, if, Wilson-Raybould hadn't released that. Do you think this thing might still be ongoing?
3: Uh, I think she was pretty out there by that point, and there was a constant leaking going on uh, that was damaging to the government or... I mean, the government uh, did a budget. Nobody even knew about it uh, because the week that the budget went on, there was a concerted, uh, concerted attempt to pound the government every day. Um, the Member of Parliament resigned from Durham. The next day, uh, Paul Wells' article in McLean's was out. The day after that, Judy Wilson-Raybould was doing something. The budget may, may as well not have happened because nobody knows it happened across the country. So there comes a point when you have an obligation uh, to the government and you have an obligation to your party and you have an obligation to your colleagues to say we're moving on. And uh, I I think the government did the right thing under the circumstances.
1: I'd like to bring in uh, Minister Philomena Tassi. She's on the line from Ottawa. She's Minister of Seniors, member for Hamilton. Hello there. Hi, Libby. How are you? Very well. Yourself? Fine. Uh, Are you relieved that this was happened or are you sad? How are you feeling about it? Well, you know, I think
4: the the Prime Minister has taken great leadership here, in my mind, in the way that he has handled this. Um, you know, he took the time to consult with each of the caucuses. The regional caucus chairs met with him. Uh, they, in turn, had met with their caucus members in order to get input and feedback on this. He took the time then to listen to what that was and then uh, made the decision that was announced yesterday. So, I think um, he's making a, a good decision that's supporting what his caucuses uh, uh, has basically communicated to him. And, uh, you know, it's never easy to lose a part of your team. But in this instance, um, it really comes down to this breakdown in trust. And uh, as you have just said, you know, it was the recording of the tape that as someone who has practiced law uh, in the past, the thought of, recording someone without their knowledge and then using that against the client that you're serving for me is extremely troubling and uh and shocking and, and and it's in fact against the code for the law society of ontario so so I think that was the part it really comes down to a breakdown of trust and um what I'm happy about now is that we can get back to talking about the budget, talking about the good news in the
1: budget, and getting back to work
4: for Canadians.
1: Well, I guess the question is, uh, are people going to be listening to those messages? Uh One of the things there, there are a couple of things that are coming out of this uh, in the criticism. So one of the things is saying, "Aha, he's a fake feminist." He let go two of the strongest women in his caucus, and two of his strongest women ministers, and and some others have been demoted. And in that converse one of the conversations between Jody Wilson-Raybould and Gerald Butts, she said, "Well, this, if you demote me." it will be viewed very, very badly in the Indigenous community, whether you see it that way or not. So uh, how do you answer that? How do you uh, control that particular piece of damage, Minister Tassie?
4: The way I would respond to that, Libby, is to speak with my own experience with the Prime Minister. And the Prime Minister has clearly at that Cabinet table, which I'm very fortunate to be a part of now, uh, provided women with an equal opportunity to speak, Uh, listens intently, engages. You know, the comment that I make is I know that when he, uh, you know, um, appointed this gender-balanced cabinet, he said because of 2015. But really behind that is that he knows that Canadians will be best served by an equal number of women at the cabinet table. And that's why he did that. And when he functions as a prime minister, he absolutely supports that in his actions,
1: in his words, uh, and that has been my experience. Bob, uh, do you agree with that? Do you agree that there's not collateral damage both uh, in the prime minister's credibility as a feminist and as a, a champion of reconciliation? Well,
3: I think you have to take a look at his overall record uh, when it comes to uh, what what he's done um, uh, as if I could put it as as a feminist, and I think it it stacks up pretty well uh, as uh, as uh, compared to virtually any leader right across the board in the G7 or the G20, for that matter. And And, um, I don't really care about the gender of either of these two. I don't care whether they're a man. Yeah, You
1: don't, but other people do. I don't
3: care whether they're a man or a woman. There are certain kind of rules in politics and politics is about the team. And if you're not prepared to play on the team, then you shouldn't be on the team. And, and people know the rules before they get into the game. So I don't think any political party should be, you know, held hostage by an eight week tantrum. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't, and I think uh, I think if anything, it was allowed to go on too long.
1: And uh, do you think, uh, Minister Tassie? How do you turn the page on this? Everybody seems to be saying there's more to come, and now neither of these women is constrained by anything.
4: Well, I think for me, it's exactly what I said previously, and that is now. Let's get back to the governing of this country and doing the good work for Canadians that we need to do. You know, when you look at this budget, yeah, I'm the Minister of Seniors, uh, and I appreciate you affording me the opportunity to be on your show previously to talk about this amazing portfolio that I have. You know, the budget, $100 million for the New Horizons Seniors Program, guaranteed income supplement uh, exemption increase from 3500 to $5,000, 50000000 in adventure strategy, which I was asked about, where's the money on that? So many good things that our government is delivering on. And so now what we need to do is to get back to this work and uh, continue to to include Canadians and deliver for Canadians.
1: Uh, Bob, uh, is that easier said than done?
3: Well, there'll be a lot of work that needs to be done. I, I think Minister Tassi would probably agree with me that you know a lot of Canadians don't know about the budget now because it's been there's been no oxygen in Ottawa for the last eight weeks. So there's a, a, a job for for ministers like her to get out there and sell various aspects of the budget and go out and uh, talk to Canadians and really kind of almost start the budget process a little bit all over again. Uh, I think that's important for the government to do. But it's also important for the government to move on. We've got a lot of big problems. We've got NAFTA issues now. We've got issues with the, the Chinese when it comes to canola. We've got a whole variety of things going on that deserve some attention. But can you
1: can you see more and, on this happening? I no, mean, again, look,
3: I think this will this will fester a little over the next period of time. But I think. I think this moves things along in a uh in a significant way and it needed to be moved along well, in a significant way. Th-
1: then the question definitely is if that's the case, why didn't they do it sooner if it all it takes is kicking them
3: out? Well, I think the Prime Minister, to his credit, I'm not sure I would have had the patience, but to his credit, I think was trying to f- see if there was a way to work things out. Uh, I think there were a number of private discussions. I think they were trying to see if there was a way of handling it differently than they could. I think there was a breakdown in uh, trust, and I think the well was poisoned, and I think finally at some point you have to say enough enough and you have to move on, and we hit that point. Uh,
1: Minister Tassi, today on Parliament Hill, there's this annual event, Daughters of the vote, young women trying to encourage them to go into politics, and it's coming right after all this happened. Uh, Have you spoken to any of those young women, and what do you say to them? Yeah, not as of yet, but I I do plan to do that today.
4: Uh, You know, um, women, we need more women in politics. Uh, We as a country benefit through the engagement. I know that many women need to be invited and need to be asked and need to be encouraged. So for me the message really is uh empowering women, uh, giving them the support and the encouragement and the confidence they need. Um you know women often will think that you know there's someone else that can do this uh and and I was one of those uh, people, you know, but it was the encouragement um and support that ended up ultimately enabling me to put um to put myself forward and so for me it's 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 that message and uh, doing what we can to ensure that those women that have gifts out there that want to share them, uh, that they are encouraged and given the opportunity because we as a country and our local communities will be better served with uh, and as a result of your contribution.
1: Okay, Minister Philomena Tassi, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Libby, as as always. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, uh, before we bring in our next guest, let's take a couple of calls. people waiting patiently. Ron and Guelph. Hi, Ron.
5: Hello there. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, to Mr. Richardson, when um, he talks about being a team player, being a team player, does that mean you um, you forfeit your own principles? Um, to me, those women are more principled than every other one of those liberal caucus members who said, nope, you know what, I would never go against the Prime Minister, I would never say anything that's obviously wrong. Those are the unprincipled people, or those Liberal Caucus members. Uh, I think the Conservative, uh, in their statement, have got it right. Um, I admire both of those women. In the case of um, JWR, as I call her, um, I don't think she quite did it right, but she had to record that conversation from Wernick knowing what was coming, knowing how much pressure she had. She had to, if you know what this expression, is, CYA stands for. Yes. Especially when it comes to government. It's, uh, and everyone around.
1: else. Cover, cover your behind.
5: Yes. And at that point, I don't think she had much choice. One thing she didn't do, she should have told Wernick that she was recording him, and maybe the conversation would have turned around.
1: But who well, knows? maybe the conversation wouldn't have been that frank. Okay, Ron, thanks for your call. I'm here with Bob Richardson, and I am welcoming Lauren Bozanoff. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. Lauren Bozanoff, of course, pollster with Form Research. And uh, Bob, we were just chatting in the break, so uh, we can get off the Liberal Party line a little bit. Let's talk about the opposition first. This has been a gift for them. Uh, we'll get Lauren to fill us in on those numbers. But are, are they uh, taking it a little too far?
3: Yeah, I look, it's been a complete gift for them. I've been in opposition before, and uh, you well, you take it when you can get it. But the, the degree of hypocrisy is a little much. Uh, hearing from a high-minded Pierre Polyev, who's one of the most highly partisan members of parliament, when they were in government, he was sent in to disrupt Committees. He was an attack dog in the House of Commons. Uh, he, Still is. <laughs> he he didn't he didn't once raise any concerns since he's such a Democrat now about uh, Stephen Harper's dealing with the uh, chief uh, chief of the Supreme Court. So I mean uh, the hypocrisy there. Lisa Raitt. Called Judy Wilson uh, Raybolt incompetent and said she should be fired two months before this happened. Now she wants to build a statue of her on the West Lawn in Ottawa. You know, like this whole thing is a bit much. And I understand opposition has to do what opposition has to do, but the hypocrisy is getting uh, is getting a little bit uh, is getting a little bit out of control.
1: And the liberals, but the liberals
3: have been hammered on this. The liberals have been hammered on it, and f- quite frankly, in my opinion, to a certain extent, deservedly so. Ah. Uh, I think it was badly handled by the Prime Minister's office uh, earlier on Uh, and I think the way that they've organized themselves is they've had too much power in too few hands for too long. Uh, We don't have regional ministers. We didn't have a senior liaison for caucus. A number of things that sound like internal plumbing they're important and a good government allows different points of access and just doesn't have a bottleneck, bottleneck up between a couple of people. I think that's been a huge problem for them and it's Uh, the chickens are coming home to roost.
1: And you also have another view about how this is hurting Justin Trudeau's feminist cred.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, look, it is hurting his cred. I don't think there's any uh, question about that. I don't think that's entirely fair. I think the guy has been uh, quite a good prime minister uh, when it comes to issues, uh, issues that are important to women, whether they're health issues, the work he's done with women and girls internationally, what he's tried to do within government and cabinet appointments that he's made, deputy ministers, ambassadors, others. It's a pretty substantive record. And I think he needs to be judged. Judged on his whole record, not on his. Uh, not just on uh, the situation. You don't
1: see the Ms. problem that, that these women are women. You see another problem.
3: Well, I you know I think uh, I, I think the government. Uh, there were lots of. Uh, Experienced women who were passed over: Joyce Murray, up until recently in British Columbia; Judy Scrow is an example of one here in uh, here in Toronto; Alexandra Mendez in in Montreal. None of whom were got into cabinet. Much younger people were put in with no political experience. Well, I hate to say it, you get what you pay for sometimes. And I think there's an, uh, there's examples of that.
1: Lauren, how much has this hurt the government, and what do you see for them going forward?
6: So it's really put them in second place in the polls for quite a while now. Um, and uh, they're so they're down about five to nine points uh, behind the Tories. And that, that's in almost every single poll That's that's been out there for the last uh, month and a half. So it has had that impact. Um, they really need this to stop. They really need to get this behind them. I know everyone is just telling them the same thing. You've got to end this. And they really do have to end this because... This sort of drip, drip, drip does keep giving this uh, story legs. And as long as that's happening, I think it's going to keep the the Liberal numbers depressed.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about the opposition? Have they been and are they continuing to do the right thing to take a, as full advantage as they can?
6: Well, the Tories have been the sole beneficiary of this. They're, they're up to about 40% in the polls. That's enough for a majority. So they've definitely um, been you know, that they've caught the fumble and uh, went went their way. The NDP are not a threat. They're still uh, sort of way behind in terms of the public opinion polls. So, uh, yes, the Tories have been the main beneficiaries of this. It did kind of fall in their lap, and then they've run with it well.
1: Well, uh, Bob, before we get to our calls, is that because, I mean, it seems to me that the Tories have been hammering this while the NDP's strategy was, such as it is, was to get out of the way and let the Liberals hang themselves. Looks like that that isn't working.
3: Yeah, look, I think the Conservatives as an opposition party did uh, an effective job. I thought Lisa Rate has been effective on this. They've been very tough in the House. They've managed to focus the opposition uh, uh, on this issue around themselves, and I think that they've done an effective job as an opposition party doing that. The NDP uh, much like the last three years, has been busy doing internal stuff and never seems to be quite uh, in the game uh, with what's going on in Parliament. And, uh, and this is yet another example of that.
1: Let's take a call from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat.
7: Good morning. Uh, I've been listening and I agree with many of the points. Uh, but I think the Prime Minister should get full marks given his background. He's a drama teacher and he's certainly given us a drama. This thing has been poorly handled from the beginning, and it just shows his lack of experience. And you know, the comment about not having the right. Uh, players at the cabinet table is right on I mean um, this is this is the problem and I mean I've been laughing at some of the comments that have been made on the on the joke lines about you know Justin being sort of the Kim Kardashian of Canada Um, the thing is this is party politics yes these uh, ladies have to be uh, sent to the sidelines But who made the mistake in the first place? That's the question we really have to ask ourselves. And That was the point they
1: were trying to make in their, I I must say, it sounded like they were practically begging, keep me in caucus. And I honestly don't know what they were thinking after all of that. but, But that's what they were saying. Hey, it wasn't our mistake. It was his mistake.
7: Well, exactly. and But he, he did, doesn't have the background, I don't think. And the, the comments made about who you choose to bring to the the cabinet table are so important. Uh, the last point I want to make, the lady from Hamilton who was commenting about the great budget, etc.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's the minister for seniors.
7: Kids money, this, these huge, huge deficits, and telling us all the good things they're going to give us. Our kids' money—they're giving our kids money away, and they just seem to ignore that whole aspect. So, anyway, I—I I find it very interesting. Um, it will be sad if—if um, if they get thrown out for this reason alone, but uh, I'm afraid the prime minister has very poorly handled this issue.
1: Okay, Pat. Thanks for that. Thank you, uh, Lauren. What about the issues of the personal? leadership. And people, hang on, I am gonna to get to your calls, I promise. Uh Lauren, what about uh that those kind of personal numbers? You know, a lot of people up till now have been saying, gee, Andrew Shear, he's he's not very well known, he's he's doesn't have the royal jelly. Uh so how is that uh shaping up at the moment?
6: Well that's also going in the Tories direction at the moment. You know, when we first started polling uh Justin Trudeau he had a a 60% approval rating. He's down to about 30% now. So <clears> that's an unfortunate um, a byproduct of this whole of, of this whole event. Is his personal approval ratings going down? Uh, and you know, if you ask, ask the people, you know, who would make the best prime minister, you know, it, it's been Trudeau for three years. Except now, Sheer is actually ahead on that measure also. So it has taken its toll uh, on the on the Liberals and on, on, on Trudeau's uh, personal popularity. But there is a possibility that this latest so-called disaster in the firing of or kicking out of the caucus of those two uh, ex-ministers may give the Liberals a chance to start to reset the narrative because I think a big mistake that those two ministers made or ex-ministers made is... They have really underestimated how popular Trudeau is within the Liberal Party. So, you know, that, that 30% that he's out is among the general public. But if you look at the numbers just among Liberal voters, his, his approval rating is at 79%. That's huge. Way higher than Shearer is among Conservatives.
1: That's interesting. And uh, in terms of his ratings in the general public... What would be normal uh, drop for this point in a mandate?
6: Well, you know what? It's good to be in the 40% range. So he's about 10 points off. And the thing about the approval ratings, they are a little bit hard to change because they, they, they sort of reflect what you think of the person. And, you know, people don't think, uh, you know, uh, a leopard changes its spot. So once you're down in this range, it's hard to turn those numbers around.
1: Okay, let us take a call from Renee in Toronto. Renee, Hello. Hi. How are you? Fine. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good. I just want to make a couple of quick points, one about Pierre Prenet.
8: I mean, I've watched him along many years, and he's one of the best web weavers that's out there. So to say that there's been no other prime minister that's supposedly done this, there was an article in the paper last week, which I quickly... uh, it reminds me that Brian uh, Mulroney uh, did so regarding a uh, criminal case, and it was in his memoirs. So, <laughs> yeah. therefore, to say to stand up, oh, there's no other prime minister, blah 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 blah, and he's a good one. So, like I said, he's one to web weave. But oh. uh, they get to Ju- uh, Judy uh, Wilson Rainbow. Um, like the other gentleman, uh, one of your guests said there that uh, Lisa, what's her name, McLeod? Lisa Wright. Uh, sorry, Lisa Raid, I apologize. <clears throat> Basically, uh, you know, calling her incompetent, a liar, and now she's all, all stink. But, you know, uh, I hate to say this, but that, you know, you don't go, when you read the documents last night that I read that, that uh, Butts released, it was on the uh, internet. yes. So she goes along and she speaks back to him like, uh, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm the boss. It doesn't matter if you're in government or the corporate world. You don't tell the boss what you're the, the ruler or not.
1: You well, follow the it's, lines,
8: or you leave if you're not happy.
1: Well, it's that you make an interesting point, and of course, the rules are very different for uh, a democracy uh, than for a private corporation. But, you know, in the private world, insubordination is one of the few, the few... Uh, uh uh causes where you can let somebody go quote with cause is insubordination so y- you can't be part of a team and do that and uh, the the women were probably pretty i i, I will go with but that's only naive. Two,
8: two ladies her yeah. and Philpott, all the other ladies were finding this thing about accusing him being a fake feminist well you appointed 50% and there's always one or two that won't make it well through the, the whole game that's reality you know, you can't be thin-skinned, and you can't have short man syndrome.
1: Okay, thanks for that, Renee. You know, thank you, so thank you. Bye, bye. Okay, let's go to John in Niagara. Hi, John.
5: How are you doing?
1: Fine. How are you? Great. Go ahead.
5: Okay, I just wanna, I just wanna let it be known that down here in Niagara, the Liberals don't have any standings for what they did to those two girls, is absolutely pathetic.
1: Women, women. Every,
5: women? <laughs> okay, they told me that when I called in. They're women.
1: <laughs> okay, yes.
5: What what the Liberal Party done to them, Trudeau has screwed up and he's blaming them. If he would just be honest, I'll tell you, the Liberals could probably win the next election if they just come out and said, okay, let's let's do an inquiry, a public inquiry, and everybody tell the truth. Now, if he didn't do anything wrong, he'd get voted in. But I think maybe there's a skunk in the woodpile here.
1: Okay, well, maybe there is a skunk in the woodpile. John, thanks for that. Okay, uh, Bob, do you want to say something quickly before we go to break? Everybody hang on.
3: I'm not sure the liberals would ever get John from Niagara's vote, but anyway,s we'll (laughs) uh, we'll uh, we'll move on uh, on that one. I think a a number of the points that were uh, were made were uh, were good. Uh, Look, there is a difference of opinion on this. Either either you think that uh, this is inappropriate involvement and he shouldn't uh, and his office shouldn't have been involved, or you think he's doing exactly what a PM should be doing on a major public policy issue. Those really the way it boils down. If you're over here, you think he's bad. If you're over here, you think he's probably done a a decent job on the file. I happen to be over on the right, not on the left on this one.
1: Okay, well, uh, Lauren, have you got a sense of any breakdown, you know, in the drop of the Prime Minister's popularity, you know, among the genders? Is it worse among women?
6: Well, you know, he's traditionally done very well among women, and um, so that's a good question. Uh, whether that's actually occurring uh, uh, among men or women, and in fact, uh, we do have some data on that. And um, you know, he's still doing better among women than men. So he's at thirty-five percent among women, twenty-five among men. So that's that's the difference right there, ten points.
1: And does his handling of this has it made him look weak? And does that have an impact?
6: Well, it's made him look, I think, just uh, sort of out of control, whether it's weak or or not, uh, or what it is. Um, But uh, uh, it just made him look, I think, disorganized, out of control, not on top of things, um, not really leading. And um, because of that, he's got to uh, really take charge of things. And it's possible that... um, The Kicking those two uh, members out of the caucus will be the opportunity to reset the narrative, show some leadership and some strength on this issue.
1: Bob, what do you think he has to do? And does he have the right team? I mean, he lost Gerald Butts in this, his most trusted advisor. A lot of people had been saying Gerald Butts is really the brains behind the prime minister. So who is there now?
3: Oh, look, he's got a number of people who uh, who formed a very good team last time. Let's remember the Liberal Party went from 34 seats to 185. A lot of the people around the Prime Minister today are those people, so they're so they're experienced and they've also now had three and a half years in government. Um, so, uh, so I think there are a number of good things. I hope Mr. Butts comes back and takes some role in the campaign. Uh, he's uh, a very very intelligent guy, and I, I think uh, unfortunately is a bit of collateral damage in this. So. I think there'll be enough good people to put on a campaign, but uh, we need to do some things differently. Uh, we need to do some things differently in terms of how we organize ourselves as a government. He needs to do some things differently. I think we need to spend less time on um, on uh, things. Uh, we need to do... Uh, focus on issues that are mean something to people in their day-to-day lives. Bread and butter. Bread and butter issues and a little less on uh, what's going on at the United Nations today. Uh, and uh, that would strike me as we need to get focused here.
1: Now, uh, in the break, Bob, you were saying a little too much of what we call virtue signaling from the Liberal Yeah, government. I
3: think there is. There's a little bit too much virtue signaling. You know, like, I'm more interested in seeing us, uh, instead of taking a plaque down on the Langevin Blanc in Ottawa, I'd rather see us spending our time making sure that we have uh, clean water for uh, people on reserves. So, you know, I think we need to focus on practical services uh, for people. Uh, We need to focus on uh, bread and butter issues. And we need to focus on uh, and tell people what we've done and what we're planning to do over the next while. I think it's actually a pretty decent story. We've got to get out and tell it.
1: And Lauren, uh, just before we take some calls, what about the view of the Liberals as the managers of the public purse.
6: Well, I think that's um, uh, going to be a weak spot for them, and uh, something that we are going to have to uh, address uh, between now and the start of the uh, election campaign. We have to remember, though, it's, it's you know we always say, "Well, election you know six months off that's forever in politics and so forth." Now, all that, all that is true, but what's also true is in the last election campaign the lead changed three times so it's really hard to uh predict where where things are going to be at you know at this point in time
1: okay let's hear from ellen in toronto hi ellen hi there libby go ahead um as a woman and
9: quarter indigenous as my grandmother was an indigenous woman um for anyone to move ahead women or men we've got to drop these labels And I think I have renewed respect for the Prime Minister because of what he did, and he should have done it a lot sooner. And it's not about two women. It's about two individuals who were not team players who went against the party, and it should have been done a long time ago. And as far as Trudeau losing credibility for being feminist or not, I totally think he's even more feminist due to this because he's, Showing strength and power, and that's what it is. We've got to drop the, uh, the labels.
1: Are you a Liberal voter usually? No. No. And will you be this time? I may. I may. I'm not really sure, but I don't think...
9: Um, I think in the end this has really given Trudeau a lot of power, and I think the polls, I don't always uh, agree with the polls, and they don't always come true.
1: Okay, thanks for that, Ellen. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? This, this whole system, what, what
10: the harm it's doing, it's given the general public now, are, is kind of getting the impression that maybe the government isn't as honest as they thought, and it's doing a lot of harm to for voters. And if it was up to me, and I was a governor general, Queen's representative, I think I would suspend Parliament and have a complete investigation done. It's not a case where S. Lablan was a good company. This made a maybe a mistake that you could blame on an employee. They have a reputation that is not good. So why would they defend them and and in this matter? So I blame Trudeau for this. He had no business trying to defend a company that it's not just one count. This is several. Like, if you check some of the records of SNC-Lavalin and their past history, the, he wasn't protecting jobs. He was protecting, like, if I'm not saying that this is true, but does his fund have SNC-Lavalin in its stock? Oh. I don't know. You know, I don't know whether
1: they've made those- illegal donations to the liberal parties. But thanks, Bob, for that. Uh, I don't know if uh, the governor general usually, if they dissolve parliament, it's at the request of the prime minister. Yeah, it's at the request uh, yeah. of the
3: prime minister. So, so that would. But you're onto something in that we need to turn down the volume on some of the language. And Mr. Poliev, just because he was on earlier, is a good example. He talks about interfering in a criminal prosecution. That has not happened.
1: No, it has he, not ha- not he, yet, he but uses they the haven't term, ruled it
3: out. <laughs> uh, you're either truth tellers or liars. That's mm. not true. You can have a difference of opinion. He talks about fraud and bribery and corruption mm. with the word liberal and SNC in the same thing. Trudeau wasn't even in power when all this stuff went on with SNC. This was years before, quite frankly amusingly, his government was in power. I'm not blaming them for it, but it's the truth. So so you know we we and you know uh, another uh, member of parliament Michelle Rempel was using a, a really inappropriate language on Twitter last night. So, you know, we need to turn the volume down here. We need to bring some decorum back and the Liberals impugn people's motives sometimes too as well. So they're they're not free and clear on this issue either. My, my point here is all the whole crew of them need to turn down the volume and uh, and uh, start acting a little bit more responsibly.
1: And speaking of Pierre-Paulie do you think the scenario he outlined is, is possible that they don't do anything, that this stays on hold until after the election, uh, the prosecution, and after the election, they say, well, we'll give them a deferred?
3: I, I don't know. But I, I do know is that his interest is not the public good on this. His interest is of scoring political points.
1: Okay. Uh, Lauren, um, is, do you think that they have any ability to turn around and give this company a deferred prosecution?
6: Well, it wouldn't be something you'd want to do before the election, I don't think, at this point. So, um, you know, the, this whole this whole issue has gone radioactive at this point. And uh, really, the best thing... For the the liberals, is that this thing just goes away for now, and right. and any decision like that would just bring it right back.
1: Okay, uh, so Lauren, while I have you in ten seconds, anything else you want to leave us with?
6: Well, you know, we we, we have the the, the, the the Tories at about forty one percent, liberals are at about you know thirty five percent, six point difference. It's not a lot, you know, uh, Canadian elections turn on a very, very small differences in the popular vote. And um, so we have that six point gap, but it, and it does create a majority for the Tories, but it could easily change the other way.
1: And Bob, your 30 seconds to leave us with?
3: Uh 6 months is an eternity in yeah. politics. Uh I was the chief of staff over the leader. We were 20 points up uh 6 months ahead of an election and we ended up getting whooped on election day. So uh I don't uh, I don't uh take the a lot of the polling too too seriously at this point. It's not saying that it isn't good polling, but uh Canadians can change their minds. Um there may be other things. And right now Justin Triddle's running against Judy Wilson-Raybould and this uh, and SNC. Uh, when the election's called, he'll be running against Andrew Scheer and uh, Jagmeet Singh. And uh, I suspect we're going to see a different result.
1: Okay. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much, Bob Richardson and Lauren Bozanoff. And- People, Free For All Friday is coming up, just uh, judging by the phone lines going nuts. Anybody who thinks that this thing has gone to bed and it's (laughs) over, I would say from our vantage point here, no, not yet, not really. So please call back on Friday or before if we do it again before. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.